some of the biggest things are so scary to do. And when I first came out about my story, which was all my heart to do, it was the scariest thing. I was so afraid of being rejected. I was so afraid of what people would think. And it really was terrifying. But I knew that there was someone out there that needed to hear it. And really, that's all we need to know. If there's a book you want to create, a post you want to create, a women's circle, a product, a whatever it is, if you know one person will benefit and if you feel this feeling on your heart and it can, especially the ones that continue to surface, it continues to nudge you, it continues to show up, that means that the collective, that someone's praying about it. Get ready to receive your miracle. Whether you desire a miracle in your finances, relationships, or purpose, you'll find guidance here. Miracle Minded is designed to move you out of your head and into the realm of faith, manifestation, and miracles. These conversations will inspire you to move beyond limitation and into alignment with your highest and infinite self. I'm your host, Nicole Sylvester, best-selling author, spiritual coach, and modern miracle worker. But it wasn't always this way. My path was one of violent abuse, addiction, and mental health diagnosis. Terrified of spending my life that way, I turned within and surrendered to miracles. My struggle as a single mama on welfare to building a half a million dollar business, living and thriving in my purpose. Now I'm here to support you in sparking miracles in your life. Are you ready? Let's get started. What's up, my friends? Today, I am bringing you a super potent interview. And no, I'm not interviewing anyone. I'm actually being interviewed. Now, I don't typically share these with you, but this particular one, it was fire. The things that were asked, she was a great interviewer. She asked me questions that really allowed me to answer and to share some wisdom that came through in such a beautiful way that I had to share it with you. It's all about worthiness, wealth consciousness, surrendering, trusting, trusting yourself, trusting spirit, all of these places that we love to play. And I know that you're going to love this. This is Lena over at Beyond Structures. She has a YouTube channel. You'll see the links down below. If you want to watch the video, feel free to do that. Otherwise, listen into this audio and enjoy the session. Now, of course, I want to hear your takeaways. Tag me, tag Lena. Let's hear what you got from this. I want to know the gems, the wisdom that you are taking with you and how you're going to use it. The other thing, we have Miracle Week happening. Miracle Week is happening March 1st through 5th. And then we have the first round of Money Miracles of 2021 opening up and it is going to be magnificent. Stay tuned because depending on when you hear this, those things may be open already. So go below, get the links. And even if it's after the dates, I want you to send me a DM. I will send something to you, whether it's a free meditation or a YouTube video. I will send you something so that you don't have to wait to get your breakthrough because I'm here to support you in getting to your next level. All right, enjoy. So Nicole, you went from uh, drug addicts suffering from severe anxiety from a very young age to being in physically abusing relationships to turning yourself around 180 degrees uh, to building a beautiful and what I think is an authentic life for yourself and for your daughter. And you're pretty much rocking in the money from your spiritual coaching business. Yes. Amazing. All true. (laughs) All true. Amazing. Your book, Oh Shift, (laughs) From Chaos to Consciousness, is a bestseller. And you went from saying in the book that a man's validation was what was most important to you, and you believed that fulfillment would only come with more money, to realizing that you had a higher part of yourself that was whole in itself and that you just needed to show up for yourself or for that part of you. 
and that you were never helpless throughout everything that's happened to you and that you were being guided by spirit all along. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that journey and how you came to uncover your limited victim belief systems and how that led you to like learn the truth about yourself? Sure. So I will say that even in the book where I say I was guided and I knew that I was supported, there were many, many years, decades that I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, I felt like I was alone. I felt that I was lost. I felt that I had no worth or value because when I looked around, I just saw like my family, the kind of people we are, this is the kind of life we have. Like our, for, in my family, it's normal go, to go to jail for something. In my family, it's normal to be on welfare. In my family, it's normal if your partner hits you when he gets upset and you have a black eye for a little bit. So that was the norm for me. And I literally had this feeling when I saw certain people living certain ways that were happy and things like that. I just thought that's for them people. And this is, I'm not, this is not for me. And what really shifted things for me was having my daughter, number one, because I didn't plan to be a mom. I could barely take care of myself. I was addicted to drugs, drinking, anything that could take me out of my current state and have a little escape was like my thing. But when I had my daughter and the way she came about and the way that I talk about it in my book, it's as if I had to look at her in face that I could either give her the life that I've had, a very similar lifestyle. And I know how challenging that was for me as a child, how painful it was, or I could give her something different. And that was the guiding light. Like that was the thing that I kept referring back to. I know I'm going to regret if I don't make these changes. And what really was the pivot for me, which wasn't even my choice, was, you know, my, my daughter's father, he hit me with a, it was like a wooden puzzle or something. He threw it across the room. It hit the top of my head and I had 10 staples in my scalp. And that was the most you know, seeing all the blood that came out, having to go to the hospital, I had to make up a lie and say that a can of paint fell from the garage. And to do that, I remember sitting in the hospital bed feeling a very scared because I was by myself having to get staples. I didn't know if I had a concussion or, you know, what was happening, but I knew I had to go home to him. And I knew that he had my daughter there and that he wasn't going to let her leave. So from that moment, I had to like kind of plot my escape, but with my daughter. And what I, what the book opens up with is when I decided that I had to drug him and that was like the only way is to give him some of my calming Xanax medication, <laughs> that if I give him some of this, he will go to sleep and I can take my daughter and leave. And I did. And then there was a call from Las Vegas homicide that he had murdered a woman in our home about six weeks later. So that was like, if nothing was going to wake me up <laughs> from this pattern of abusive relationships and thinking he's going to change. My dad changed. He'll change. That was, you know, I had to really look at the patterns and the beliefs I had about love and my belief that love had pain with it. Love had abuse with it. And I went off to LA to start my life new. And when I went to LA, I just started going by Nicole. Everyone knew me as Nikki when I was younger up until my late twenties. So I just started going by Nicole and I told no one about what happened. People would ask me where my daughter's father was. And I just said, he left and we don't know where he is. And what happened is stuffing all of that emotion, going to sleep at night with like visions and fears and all the things, it was suffering that was stuffed inside. I ended up getting very, very sick. So I would go to the doctor, get blood work. They would do scans of my brain and everything. They're like, we don't know why you're losing weight, losing hair why you're having panic attacks as you walk across the street. And finally, I found out that it was my trauma. Yeah. It was the, the part of me I tried to kill away, pretend she didn't exist, put her in a nice little box and say, we're just going to forget about all of these years and just start over. That's not how life works. So I learned that the hard way. <laughs> and that is what took me into uh, my spiritual practice is looking for something outside of taking a bunch of drugs that made me feel like a zombie and looking for a deeper level of healing. Beautiful. Yeah. I just want to stop there because I'm like, we could keep going, but because <laughs> you know, there's, there's that step first and then it's the healing that really brought me into the work I do now. Right. 
So my first question to you is, what do you see as the number one block in people that prevent them from their flow of money or from their flow of well-being? Yeah. I mean, I would say that none of us really have a block. So I always say, I don't like the language of blocks because when we are declaring, I have a block, I have a block, I have a block. have one, yeah. <laughs> right, and we're looking for what's wrong and deficient versus looking for what's right and divine. That's great, yeah. So I just want to put that out there for anyone listening, like, yes, tell me the secret because I have like 50 blocks. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Which I used to believe that. So what yeah. we are really having and experiencing is a lack of awareness. We tend to focus on very small parts of our life. And like for me, I would focus on the past. I would focus on the men that hurt me. I would focus on the people that rejected me. I would focus on things that were painful versus the possibility of what's to come. And I would say the number one thing for us is to start looking for what is right about me? What is working? What is like happening that makes me feel good? Who do I like look for the things that are worth celebrating or being grateful for? The more that we train our focus to go there, the more that we do that. And for me, I'll tell you, I was someone that lived in constant, like from the moment I woke up, it was deep fear, deep anxiety, deep um, insecurity. And it was literally a process of training my focus, retraining. Because even right now, you and I, we could talk about trillion things. And some things will make us really sad and some things will make us really excited. Yeah. So it's all about what we focus on and choose to give our energy. Yeah. I, uh, when you're, you're absolutely right. When I first started reading your book for the first hundred pages, I, I had a knot in my stomach. I yeah. was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go any further. Like, I don't want to feel this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at the same time, you know, I, I felt the shift while I was reading your book, you know, from yeah. once things started getting better and, and you started focusing on, on more, more positive things, but yeah, absolutely. It's about training focus. Yeah. And I think that's even an important thing for us. You know, look, I know even when I, the book came out, there were my people, my friends that were like, I'm reading this book right away. And then I could tell some of my friends are like always chasing the high vibe. When I say my friends, people in my network and people mm -hmm. in masterminds, I'm like that too. Sometimes my daughter wants me to watch something and I'm like, I know my body's not going to like that. The thing is, is that if there's something that has a point to it, like with my book, the point is if I can go through all of those things and you witness what's similar in me, that's similar in everyone listening is the human spirit, yeah. our resilience and our ability to get back up and choose again, get back up and shift. It's, you know, it's limitless. And I feel like that's what that book I really wanted to speak to people that are in any one of those different phases or have been there before and unconsciously have labeled themselves as broken, not able, something. And that's a big one for, with money. Now that's why I teach about money. Women that have gone through what I've gone through or have lived the way that I have lived or their parents have lived the way their par that my parents have lived, they tend to feel not worthy of money. Yeah. So that's why I feel so called to teach about it. Yeah. And we tend, and they tend also, or we tend women not to, um, not to deserve to feel good. You know, sometimes they hear saying it's just about a switch of focus, but people are, are like, well, so many other people are suffering. Why, why should it be, why should I be worthy of, you know, yes. just switching my thinking to be able to feel better when there's so many bad things happening, you know? That's big. I remember feeling like that. Now I don't feel like that at all. <laughs> I don't because awesome. I know that we have to, the thing is our feeling bad isn't helping anyone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. even energetically, if we think of a whole, if we think of we're all connected, the more of us that feel happier, better, brighter, we become evidence, but we're also lifting up the whole. So we need to focus on being in that space where we're first taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And then we can live in the overflow yeah. and we can't get to overflow if we're never willing to fill ourselves up in the first place. Absolutely. And, uh, Esther Hicks, uh, that channels Abraham says this all the time, you know, you can't get sick enough to help the sick get better, or you can't get yes. poor enough <laughs> to help the poor get richer. You know, that's not, that's not the way to do it. Yeah. Yes. That's absolutely. I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
in your introduction video on your website of your Money Miracles course, you say, us women don't think and grow rich. We need to feel and grow rich. Yes. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. So <laughs> when I started reading all these books about, you know, most of them are men. Yeah. Teaching me to think. And I was so in my head. And I was like, okay, I can think I'm wealthy. I can think I want to create this thing. But my body is saying, no, you're not. <laughs> and my body is saying, I'm tired. I feel depressed. I feel so heavy. Or, you know, I'm going to put that thing on my vision board, but I can feel my belly saying, nope. <laughs> yeah. So as I deepened into this relationship with my body, which is embodiment work, I started to realize that my body didn't feel safe to have these things. And that it was more for me about feeling. And I knew that when I felt it, that it was going to become real. So just living in the head and focusing on what we're thinking is not enough for women. That's my, that's my belief. It's been for me. I've seen all the women that have gone through Money Miracles course. What's happening is once we drop into the body and we start working with the same things that are being taught in a lot of these books, because they're just, they're laws. But when we bring them down into the body now, because we have even deeper understanding of our energy and our bodies, we can really relax into the stuff and we create really an opening, our energetic field, our heart opens. That's really what it is. So that's what I mean by feeling. So women can know that if they're talking about money or they're talking about raising their rates or asking for the raise at their work or whatever it is, you can tell if your body's in for that journey or if it still needs some more love and support from you <laughs> and some work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Along the same lines, you say your self-worth impacts your net worth. So yes. how can changing your thinking and your feeling about money just bring you about more money? So what's the correlation uh, between energy and money and the influx of money? So I just want to make sure I understand your question because the net worth and the self-worth, mm -hmm. I feel like, yes, I mean, they're, when you know you're worthy, you're not going to give your time away. Like before, in, for instance, in the beginning of my business, I felt like I had to prove I was worthy. So people would reach out and they would want to like, can we get on a phone call? People would reach out and dump all their stuff on me. Or um, people would be like, can I get a discount? You know, and there's all these things where I would feel like I'm not giving enough to charge this. But now I'm like, oh my God, my time and energy is so precious. I am a creator that can create only Nicole Sylvester things. Like this is important. My time is so valuable and important to me. There's a, there's a understanding of the worth of everything. So I'm like, I make more money now because I charge more for things. And also it's like a standard. So the worth, I mean, there's so many ways that the worth and net worth or worth and wealth consciousness are one. Um, but I will say that there's people that feel very worthy, very whole, very complete, and they don't have to have millions of dollars. If that's their level of success, fulfillment, and they're like, I feel great here. They're living in a small house out in like the wilderness. If that's that, that's, that's them. Um, but going back to the energy, could you go, could you clarify the energy question? Yeah. They basically like what you're thinking and what you're feeling about money or about your self-worth, uh, the correlation between that kind of energy of what you're feeling and the influx of money. Oh, so okay. yes, you pretty much ex yeah, explained it. Okay. So even to go deeper into the energetics of it, because that's, that's really what I teach is when we feel that money is just like a cup of water, it's just here it's around. It's not scarce. It's available. Our energy, our body, our mind is more open about it. We just feel eh, it's there. It's not a big deal. For the average woman, when we say money, or when we start asking about your finances or your net worth or your paycheck or, you know, something big and exciting and what you would say, quote unquote, expensive, women start to feel body gets tight. There's constrict, there's a constricted feeling. There's a feeling like there's not enough. Will I have enough? Or even guilt, like I would feel so guilty spending that on me. When we understand that money's just around, just like water's around, it's here, it's available. We can play more. Our energy can be more open about it. But when we understand we deserve it, we let go of all this guilt. Like women do the things like, 
oh, I, I want to get a massage and a facial. How much is it? Mm-hmm. And even women that have it, they have the bank account, they have the credit cards, the, the money is available for them. They will still rationalize. Do I deserve that? Is it worth it? Is it worth, yeah. They have no problem sending it to some other thing, like to a bill or giving it to someone. But there's just something that women are unlocking even more and more in this era, which is like, we deserve it. We deserve it. Yeah. Like anything yeah. else or anyone else. Yeah. And it's a practice. So I would say for anyone listening that is still working, we're all at different phases. I'm in a phase now where I'm like, I deserve to have two houses in two different places. Cause I like to move around a lot. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm expanding myself to think it's not a waste of money. If I wanted to have places in two different, what if that was on my vision board? But before it was really going to Starbucks and feeling like buying a coffee that I could make at home was a waste of money and I don't deserve it. So we're all in different stages of that and that's okay. I think a lot of it also has to do with like being socially conditioned in the sense that again, you know, like before I was saying that, you know, having two homes or paying $5 for a coffee while somebody else doesn't have that, you know, you should feel guilty about being above average or, yeah. Yeah. Or for me, I know it was, I can, I can, even as you say that, I know it was my dad's voice always in my head saying, Nick, you always waste your money. Nick, you're not good with your money. It was that narrative. So it was like a constant internal unconscious checkpoint. Yeah. Is this being responsible? So what I teach women is, and this is what I had, this is the work I had to realize for myself is I have a responsibility as do you and everyone to their potential, to what they could create in this lifetime, to the impact that there is when you start to get happier, when you start to be more abundant, when you start to be more healthy and vibrant, that is a activator for other women. Yeah. And we need that. So start to look at it like whose idea of responsibility are you carrying around anyway? Yeah. And maybe while you're making, I don't know, $5,000 a month, there's some things that seem irresponsible, but instead of looking at all the ways to cut back, start asking, how could I expand? Yeah. That's a different conversation. And you know what? There's only so much you can cut back, but let me tell you, it's infinite how much you can expand. <laughs> so go towards that direction. <laughs> Absolutely. And before, you know, you were saying it was your, your dad talking and my parents were always, always told me, you know, you have to save or you have to prepare for the unpreparable, you know, you have, yes. so it's like, wow, what a, what a mind job, you know, I'm supposed to prepare for something I, I don't know what's Here. coming. So like, what, what am I looking for? You know? So you're always kind of stuck. I don't want to use that word <laughs> or block, but yeah. heavy, you know, think yeah. about, like, even when you say that, and when I hear that it's heavy and I can much better manifest money and create from the joy of what I desire versus trying to create what some of the men out there teaching about finances. When they tell you, create your emergency fund in case something goes bad. That doesn't make me want to create money and work and get excited. I'm more excited about thinking of taking my daughter on a vacation to, you know, some beautiful ocean somewhere. (laughs) So think about your desires and let them, it's more expansive. And that's goes back to the feeling and growing rich. Yeah. And what's the standard also for your emergency fund? You know, we have a financial planner and, you know, he's got all these formulas that say, well, you have you know, average this much time to live and you're making this much money. And so if you want to keep having your lifestyle, if in case anything happens, so you should put this kind of money away, which is fine. But then he calls you back the next year and he says, well, oh, now your lifestyle has improved or grown. So you need to start putting more money aside for it. So it's like, it's this never ending cycle of just preparing for something you're not sure is going to happen rather than like you're saying, spending your money on something that makes you joyful and then getting more of that, you know? Yes. Yes. And know like your personality style. If that's where you thrive. I have a friend uh, that really puts her like interest numbers that are on each credit card on a little sticker (laughs) on the back of her card. Like that's her, that's how she lives. That sounds like hell to me. That's not how I live, but I do have a CFO that works in my business and now she helps me because I'm great at visioning and making money. But at the end of the day, no matter what your personality style is, 
it's not living in alignment to be living broke and not even if broke feeling like you can't do the things that light you up. Yeah. Broke doesn't mean, you know, that you can't afford to eat, but when you have to turn down the things that speak to your soul constantly, you know, there's a growth opportunity. There's an opportunity for you to be in community. There's something that you see a necklace and you're like, Oh my God, that just really like speaks to me. You know, it's like that crystal that's back there. I passed it and I was like, Oh my God, for some reason, this crystal is just speaking to me, turning down the things that light you up. That's the signal that you're out of alignment. And now you get to start asking a different question. What could life really be? And if I can go from welfare to making a million dollars plus in my business, just out of creating, you know, like from just being myself, anyone can do it. And that's my belief. That's great. You came to realize that mindset alone wasn't enough. So what do you mean by that? Like we were talking about before, just like changing our, your focus or changing your mindset, but that, yeah. that kind of work is not enough. So what else is there? Yeah. Well, because we are more than our minds. So even for me, you know, my mind is fast. So my mind can read a book and say, yes, I am ready to do that. Let's go. But then my body will do it like what's called an upper limit. And my body will not be ready for that. So I'll get super excited. And women do this all the time in their business. I work with mostly entrepreneurs. They're getting really excited. They have an idea. They go to the conference. They're like reading the books. They go to do a launch or they go to prepare something. And what happens? Their body gets tired feels like it's almost depressed, feels like it's sick. Your body literally slows you down. Yeah. And what's happened is the body's not on board yet. The body is your subconscious mind. The body is the unconscious. This nervous system needs to be on board with as fast and as quick as the mind because the mind is fast. So there's spirit, mind, and then body. And you can tell if your body's open and available. And really for me, it would be like back then, I remember I was like, yes, I want to do this in my business. Yes, I want to do that. But then all of a sudden my body would just be like, no. And I would get really heavy. I would get tired. I would get maybe sick. And now I know to keep working on my body. So that's why I get massages, facials, acupuncture, not because it's a luxury, although it could be, it's a necessity, it, especially for women that have had a lot of trauma in their body. Our body remembers all of it. Yeah. And if your body doesn't feel safe to receive, we have to think about what comes along with receiving more money. There's fears like people will want more from me. People could rob me. What if I lose it all? There's a lot of feelings that our body needs to be supported through integrating and accepting and being ready for. So, so yeah. we have to support it with that. And that's why, so there's embodiment work where we begin to integrate the stuff into the body. And that's what Money Miracles teaches. That's what my, my spiritual coach training program teaches. So the only reason I came about all of this was because I was like, wow, my mind is getting these things. I'm reading the books. I get the coaching. I take the courses, but my body is saying it's not ready. And that's when I went on a journey to learn more about that. In your interview that I saw on the internet uh, on La La Land, you mentioned that if you just lead from the heart and focus on the people that need you, life works its magic. So can you go deeper into how we can start trusting that acting on our heart's most profound desire that the magic will work itself out? Yeah. That life will work itself out. Well, first know that it's probably scary <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> Some of the biggest things are so scary to do. And when I first came out about my story, which was on my heart to do, it was the scariest thing. I was so afraid of being rejected. I was so afraid of what people would think. And it really was terrifying, but I knew that there was someone out there that needed to hear it. And really that's all we need to know. If there's a book you want to create, a post you want to create, a women's circle, a product, a whatever it is, if you know one person will benefit and if you feel this feeling on your heart and it can, especially the ones that continue to surface, it continues to nudge you, it continues to show up. That means that the collective, that someone's praying about it. 
and that you are being asked to be the messenger of it, to birth it, to let it come through you. So if you follow that, my feeling is the path is illuminated for those who are willing. You're not going to be able to see the whole path but you have to trust the next step. And the next step is going to feel uncomfortable because likely it's taking you out of your patterns that you just walk and do and eat and everything your life is built upon. So it's going to take you out of that pattern and into something new. And that's where the magic really happens in the mystery. You kind of answered my, my next question too, at the same time is that like how, cause there's this, I feel that there's this whole shift in like selling and in marketing where we're not the person or the entity is not conforming to selling a product or a service anymore, but we're sort of morphing ourselves and we're becoming sort of the product and the, the service. And yeah. um, so how can we believe like as a regular person that what we're compelled to do or what makes us tick is what others need in yeah. life and that's I'm a regular person <laughs> i'm just a regular person that started listening and trying it out and taking a risk with it right um the thing is you don't know yeah. you really don't know and that's the leap of faith the leap of faith is having the trust and moving forward you can look at it and you can ask yourself really two questions do I want my life to stay exactly the way it is right now? Is that exciting, compelling, or do I feel like that is my fullest expression in this lifetime? If it's yes, then keep doing what you're doing. If it's no, the other thing is you, ask, you start to ask questions like, if things are possible for me, and if what if what Nicole and all these other people are saying is true, isn't it worth me having my own experiment with the universe? Just live in the what if. And you're gonna put stuff out and no one cares, no one listens, no one does anything. But that's where you are strengthened. That's what spiritual stamina is for. This is why, you know, get yourself around people that are already doing things and winning. Because for us, it's the normal. We realize, oh, year one of your business or year one of you coming out and doing the things is going to be challenging. So what? Keep doing it. <laughs> you're going to get stronger. You're going to learn some lessons. And for some people, it's easier than others. But I look back at my old YouTube videos and the old things on Facebook memories, and I'm just like, oh, God, you know, it's cringy. But at the same time, I'm so proud of my old self. I just believed and invested the money that I didn't have and, you know, was vulnerable like that because it's gotten me to where I am now. Yeah, and people see that too, you know, like somebody who's just starting out will, will be like, well, you know, she wasn't perfect when she first started and neither am I, and we're both on our paths and, and yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what it's about. And I tell that to my clients, yeah. even when I create courses, I don't do them perfectly. The reason why is that I don't want people to think that they have to do perfect things to make money. I don't want people to think that that's really what we even need. We need things that really matter and that are rich in, in content, rich in wisdom, rich in feeling, not just things that look perfect that are empty and not giving us anything. That's what was. Yeah. That's dying out. Like, as you were saying, we're looking for, we're craving humanness. And I just kept reminding myself, the women that really inspired me to share as vulnerably as I did in my book, the things that I've read, the people that I've watched on TV, they were not people that tried to be perfect. They were people that were just themselves. And that's, to me, that's inspiring. And yeah. some people, they don't like it, it's triggering. And that's okay, they're not my people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how much of a role does synchronicity play in your life? Well, I would say, I don't know if it's a role, like that I'm, it, I feel like it just, I guess it is a role because it's. it just reminds me, you know, it's like, oh, you know, because when I get in my head or I try to do it myself or because I'm still doing, I'm still working the process always. So when there's synchronicities, I'm like, oh, okay. Like it just reminds me to the magic. It's like the magic, it's the fun. And it just is a good feeling. It makes me feel grateful and excited. <laughs> yeah. So again, along the same lines, you say, and I'm in total agreement with this uh, quote that you should follow uh, your natural talents or excitement. 
uh, and again, how, you know, how do we start trusting, I guess, with synchronicity, we can do it, but how do we start trusting that we'll be able to support ourselves, not just financially, but, you know, in every sort of uh, dimensions of our lives, following what makes us feel good. Yeah. And, and I think at the beginning, it's so simple and don't make it necessarily about your business. You don't have to put all this pressure on these things, you know? you it's a it's a path of unlearning that we've been very uh domesticated we're we're trained to follow the masses in all the ways to not trust what we feel especially women we're taught to dismiss what our body feels to dismiss our desires we've been taught sacrifice (laughs) so we have to really give ourselves the gentleness as we redevelop that relationship with spirit and our body and I literally have chills even thinking that because I remember being when I was really sick and I didn't know what was happening. I was not spiritual. I was like atheist. I was anti anything that resembled church. If you said prayer, I would be like, hell no. I was not comfortable with the word God. Like that was me 10 years ago. <laughs> and now I'm, you know, living all ways and depend on my relationship with God. But that's me and where I was. And in those times, I remember at some point sitting in my bed and thinking of what just feels like I could spend my time on it. What just feels like if I just had a couple days to do whatever I want, what would I do? And I was like, I would be reading these books, A Course in Miracles. I'd be reading, you know, back then my teacher was Michael Beckwith. I would be reading his things. It was, that was what just naturally called to me. It didn't have to pay me. It didn't have to mean anything, but I just went that way. Trust that, whatever that is for you. If you're being suddenly wanting to watch YouTube cooking channels, don't judge it, watch it. (laughs) You know, if you want to start picking up some sort of hobby, knitting, just go with it. And then as you go into it more, then you can start asking questions. What is the highest purpose and vision of my life? How can I live and express my abundance? Like we have a call and response relationship with spirit. So start asking the questions instead of asking, why is it working for her and not me? (laughs) Why is she getting this and my life sucks? Like stop that and don't let it be a thing in your life. Yeah, you can't, nobody can shine for you and you can't shine for anybody else. I mean, the light is within you when you're the only one that can express it. Yeah, Right, so there goes the responsibility. (laughs) Besides spending money, money is coming and going. The one thing that's not coming and going is this life. It is, we're moving through it now. Yeah. And I, I love the, the first part of your answer where you said, you know, don't, don't start putting pressure on it right away. You know, don't make it into something life and death or don't make it. Yeah. Just, or it has to be my life purpose forever. Like yeah, <laughs> it evolves. There's things that I used to talk about when my business started. I don't work with the same kind of people. I don't do the same things. Like, no, I, when people ask me a five-year plan, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I learned by now that everything's changing and evolving and I'm open to that. Yeah. And things are moving so much quicker now. And yeah, we're just open for it to get better and better, more, more harmony, more vitality, more love, more connection. And if we stay that way, then we're not trying to tight grip everything that's been, which is really, when you ask about blocks, that's what people do. (laughs) That's what people really do. They want it to stay the same. They want the same friends. They want to keep everything that's already creating a recipe of not working they want to keep the entire recipe but add in the good and you don't that's not the way life works yeah (laughs) yeah you gotta dump some things out (laughs) you gotta make some space yeah yes so you know before i left my corporate job and to become an entrepreneur i was pretty much numbing myself with weed and tv uh every night and Mm -hmm. you know i was getting sick and dizzy and i had bouts of depression and anxiety and i had what i called i was suffering from the monday morning syndrome where you know uh, sunday during the day i'd get like all uh, pissed off and aggravated that that, yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and you know i i would i've been reading books and and following YouTubers and spiritual practices. And I, like you said, I knew all of this in my head, but you know, when somebody told me and, you know, follow what feels good. Well, for me, what felt good was watching Netflix and smoking a joint, you know? So how can we start changing 
our lifestyles bit by bit without putting any pressure and get start getting excited about life and you know seeing that there's other possibilities when we're so addicted to you know a certain yeah. life condition lifestyle already yeah so i can totally relate to that because i mean i was addicted to all sorts of things and then when i got rid of the drug addictions and the crappy men even though that was still lingering i really would still numb a lot with um wine mm -hmm. cocktails drinking and what i realized is back then is that if you take things away for even a small period of time if you're someone that's like i drink every single day i smoke weed every day give yourself a seven day block if you want to stretch do a 30-day block this is really what i did in my journey because i did these 30 day, 60 day, like cleanses, which now it's not even a thing for me, but back then it was like, oh my God, can <laughs> I really do it? Like, I don't know, am I gonna break? And can I even go a week? Like I couldn't imagine my life without cocaine or alcohol at some points. And then there was another point where I just couldn't imagine it without alcohol. So just to know that I get it, take the block and challenge yourself because what happens when you remove a vice is you learn a lot about yourself. And the discipline that is required will make you feel great versus just feeling good. And there's a level of confidence that comes from doing things that are hard, that even though we think we're looking for what feels good, like let me just go out to another dinner and drink another glass of wine or watch a movie and smoke weed, that may feel okay, but what, feels really amazing is when you prove to yourself that you can do something that seems like i don't know if i can so start to do these little challenges whether it's like a, a walking challenge or a working out challenge or a juice cleanse or something that's going to take you into a new energy because that's and i still do this i did a detox last week i got sick and everything <laughs> like i puked and i was happy that i did i purged but i do these things i'm like something something needs to give i need to make space for something Absolutely. So I still use this. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's funny because after I had, you know, I, I mean, let's say I hadn't smoked in a few days or something like that. And then when I smoked again, I, I, I didn't like it as much, you know, yeah. it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as good. And I felt dizzy again, or I felt heavy. And then, so it was easier after that to, to break for a longer period of time and then, you know, stop completely. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think once you reach new highs, I talk about this on that La La Land uh, interview that was about addiction, is once you reach a new high in consciousness, mm -hmm. in sobriety, you're like, damn, what was that? Like some of these highs that I've had in breath work beat any sort of weed or cocaine high I've ever had. <laughs> you know, so it's getting to know the highs that life offers. But a lot of the times what we're really saying when we are looking for these external numbing agents or activators is we're like, the way that I'm living life is just boring the hell out of me right now. Yeah. And I need to change it up. <laughs> That's what I really need to do. Yeah, absolutely. My next question, I guess we touched a bit upon it and we'll see if we can go a little bit deeper. But in your book, you write uh, at some point when you, um, towards the end of your uh, selling life insurance job, I think you said mm -hmm. selling felt different. When I kept digging into why I found myself in perpetual financial struggle, I realized that I had a lot of regret and shame around money. Mm -hmm. And you started to realize that even though the healing process you took your clients on didn't really require you to have money, you felt like a fraud. Yeah. So in your teachings today, like how much does self-confidence play in your teaching? Yeah, I remember feeling like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm glad I felt like that because a lot of my clients feel like that. Yeah. They're like, well, how can I help someone else with success when my business isn't where I want it to be? Yeah. And we have to understand that the million dollar ideas don't come to us when we're already millionaires usually. It's coming through us and it's like, here's your idea. Here's your thing. Here's the abundance you've been praying for. Put it out in the world but you have to be able to see your worthiness is not based on your net worth. Even now I make phenomenal money. Like I didn't get in my business to even make this much. I was like, I just wanna make 10,000 a month, a hundred thousand a year. You know, last month I had, or two months ago, I had a hundred thousand dollar a month. So it's like, when I'm doing this now, 
I have to know that even if I have a hundred thousand dollar a month and a ten thousand dollar a month, I'm still worthy. I'm still me. I'm still constantly in process, and we can't make our worth based on what's happening in our bank account at any given time. And one person, like one thing I always went back on back then, because I did have shame around it. I was like, I didn't have credit cards or things I wanted to do and invest in. And I was like, I didn't have it. And that made me feel all these things. And what I realized was like, I think about Elon Musk, he always, I hear about his story where he sold PayPal for like a hundred some million and then invested it all into Tesla. And then he had to borrow money for his rent. <laughs> so it was like, if he can do that, you know, it's like money comes and goes. It's in and out, different seasons of life. And yeah, at, at some stages, we may always build it and make it bigger. But don't judge yourself on money. Judge yourself on what's possible and show up for it. Even right now, I see people that are talking about money. They make more than me. They make $500,000 launches. They make millions of dollars in launches. And I still have to come up against that and still tell myself, no, you still write the money book, still do your things because this is actually, these are all my ideas coming from spirit to help me make the money. So for anyone listening, you have to get out of your way and show up in service. You have to know that you expressing whatever gift, whatever idea is part of your abundance. Abundance is not just money. It's also ideas, energy, support. It's all the things. Yeah. And you while you were saying this it was it got me thinking to a friend of mine who's uh, also a spiritual coach and she says a little bit along the same lines like it's not the money feeding my business or feeding me it's me sort of feeding myself or my life feeding my business and then that generates money so when you say like we have it backwards you're right it's not how you know don't value yourself by how much money you're making because then that always fluctuates and then you you know it'll never be stable you know well first i guess don't judge yourself well, but you know yeah yeah and also think about just along those same lines so someone can help like grasp this idea is that the ideas coming through you are abundance and you get to transmute that into money so for me, if I'm looking at the amount of money that I have, it's just, it's, it tells me something. It tells me how much have I been living in alignment with my highest purpose? How much do I believe that I deserve? I get to start asking new questions. So wherever your bank account is, whether it's in a negative like mine was when I started making different choices, you get to start asking, what have I believed about life and about money? and about my abilities that has led me here without any shame. And then just start asking, what do I need to believe for me to have money always in savings? What do I have to believe for people to easily pay me to give me thousands and thousands of dollars? What do I have to believe about that? And there's just, we just start believing different things and get our body on board. And that's really it. So I, one thing people do that really gets them, and I even had two women ask me to pray for them this week. And they're like, pray for me because they want to join my program. <laughs> and I, I'm like, look, if I pray for you, I'm happy to pray for you, but I'm not praying, hoping you'll get something. I'm praying that you'll see that you're already whole, complete, and divine, that you're already abundant. So what you're missing, and I didn't go into this with them because they're not paying me to coach them in this, in this time, but I'll share it here, is that they are praying for something outside of them to give them something versus something inside of them to wake up and get into action. And that's really the biggest shift we can have. Beautiful. My next question was, what's the biggest thought pattern shift we can have? So there we go. Awesome. So obviously money feels different for you today than it did. So what's the difference between the feeling of making money from selling drugs to making money from pursuing your passion? You know what? I... <laughs> 
enjoyed making money selling drugs. I liked making money. You know, I didn't know it was to me back then when I say that I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it in that paradigm because for me, I believed, you know, back in 2002, 2003, that someone that didn't graduate high school, I literally went to school till eighth grade, that someone that was in that space, there was no hope for me to ever make more than $20 an hour somewhere. <laughs> like I just believed, and I feel like back then, I just wasn't aware of everything that was happening online. And really there's a beautiful opportunity now because like my daughter's not even in school right now. We do unschooling. I don't believe, I feel like the school system is outdated now, but back then I didn't believe that. So when I made money selling drugs, I was like, wow, this felt like freedom, more freedom than I've ever had. I've never had that much money. And then it started, and also I lived in Vegas and I love partying. So like it was there, but now, oh my God, if I think about that, when I go to the airport now, obviously the airport has different things like they have those body scanners. When I go to the airport now and I think about how the hell did an old version of me ever walk through TSA with drugs? I can't even imagine. Like my nervous system is like, no, 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 no. This is so scary. But I really didn't care about anything. I was living for the moment because I had so much pain that like, there wasn't much for me to really live for mm-hmm. where now there's so much for me to live for. There's so much for me to do and express and create that life is different. So making money now is like, I love making money. It's so exciting because it's a few things tied into that. Someone really just believed in themselves. They just made a declaration to the universe. I deserve more. That's always exciting. Yeah. I'm getting money. I get to do the things I want to do. You know, it's just, it's an overall, it's an energy energy just came in. So it's so great that I get to make money being myself, sharing all of my darkest secrets, you know, listening to whatever music I want, cussing if I want to, not cussing, but like I get to just be me. (laughs) So it's actually, it's a blessing, but you know what? It was a lot of work, faith, risk, trust to get here, you know, and it's worth it. So anyone on that path, do whatever it is that you're being called to do as your next step. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, you also write in your book that once you started on your spiritual journey, you were dismissed by your friends when you would enthusiastically share your new truths and stuff like that, talking about mindfulness or the law of attraction. Um, but you were met with a lot of criticism. So your friends would be like, oh, I don't need to hear this positive bullshit right now. And, you know, so you yes. were being shut down basically by, by your friends. And another part of your book where you say, you know, someone outside of yourself telling you that you were being ridiculous or dramatic would lead you down, you know, the spiral of shame and self-hatred. So how do we not let self-criticism or the criticism from others get us down and to turn the other cheek, as we say, to, to you know, keep moving towards what we feel most inspired to do. Yeah. The first step for all of these things is developing the relationship with yourself because what is different then than now. And I remember like having it being in cabs and things like that with friends and we were like drunk or high and I'm like trying to tell them about something I just read on a book or, you know, a new belief and, or like coach them in some way. And they're just like, eye rolls and like, oh my God, you're killing my vibe right now. (laughs) So um, it really took me developing this relationship with myself that it's okay if this doesn't excite you. It's okay if we grow in separate directions. I'm not here to hang on to anyone or anything. So it's really living in that devotion to yourself and what's possible for you. And even now I just moved, I went away from friends and familiar And again, it's just surrendering to the mystery. Like what is here for me? Something guided me to come here. I'm excited to see what it is. Like, let's just see what kind of things are here. And with the shame and people that tell you not to feel the things or that are not comfortable with you being in your fullness, notice that, notice those people and ask yourself how much time is really necessary with these people, because that is as long as we engage in those kind of relationships and we believe what they say, we are abandoning what our body and our soul is saying for us. Yeah, I love your answers. They are so succinct and they're great. Thank you. you. That's great. (laughs) So 
my last, uh, my second to last question is, what would be uh, the number one tip or trick that you would give women uh, who are starting on their journey or have made a shift, but now are sort of going back and forth, you know? Yeah, I would say the first thing is to get yourself in a community, whether it's some sort of membership thing, there's so many online, whether it is getting into like one of the programs I have, going into a mastermind. It really depends where you are on your journey, how much you're willing to invest, what kind of women or people you want to be around. What I've learned for myself, especially this year, having so much growth in my business, and even the other years I was around a lot of people, but this past year I decided I was going to be in something, not just on a weekend when it's like, you know, convenient, but for the whole year. And being in something for the whole year, it was like, I knew I had my sisters in this group that held themselves to a certain standard. And I would think of them. I would think of them when I was going through my challenge. I, was, I would think of them when things were falling away. And when we're in an environment that mirrors something about who we wanna become or who we are becoming, it gives us that vision and that support. It's a bridge versus just staying in your environment with all those friends, all the family, all the people, and it will open you up to so many different things. So get to be a part of something. Don't keep doing it on your own. Women are not designed to do these things on our own. We are, we thrive in community and we really activate things in each other. Yeah, I, I totally have goosebumps and I chills throughout your whole answer. Absolutely. I, I'm inches away from crying. So let's get to my next question. Well, what does that feel for you? I'm curious. Well, I mean, that feels amazing because I guess some of my limiting beliefs is that, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm worried that people maybe aren't ready to hear what I want to say, you know? And then I keep thinking, well, you know, you have to say stuff because you're ready to say them, not because somebody else is, is ready to hear them or, you know, you just, you have to say what you feel. And uh, I feel often, I feel alone in my, you know, spiritual la la land, I guess, if you want to call it like yeah. that. And yeah, I'm, I'm deeply, and I have good friends, but I am deeply yearning for uh, maybe like a soul group to have, like you're saying, a spiritual adventure for weeks, yeah. months, or something like a challenge where we can all lift each other up and, and grow from there. Yeah. yeah. And the thing, what I've learned and why I love this, even for myself, and even when I see it in other women in my groups, and when I'm in a group, whatever woman is talking, whatever person is talking and sharing, they're literally the medicine in that moment because we're like, wow, that reminds me of what I'm thinking, or I've been saying, feeling that, but I didn't want to tell anyone. So I found that there's so much healing and um, revealing that happens when we gather in that way, because like I said, women have been taught to sacrifice. We've been taught to just stuff it in, go through the motions and, you know, figure it out. But literally we're, we're empowered when we're with one another. So, you know, not every group is for each, for each of us. You got to feel, and you'll know by when you think of doing it, does it feel like, oh, this exciting, expansive possibilities. If it is, don't question it. Yeah. Just go, just try. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So what's next for you? I saw in a Facebook post that you're opening up a, up a program. Yeah, so we have, I mean, I have two primary programs that are, I would say for the general public, anyone's a good fit. Um, that feels called, and that's Money Miracles, which is the spiritual money revolution, which is amazing. And then we have Miracle Worker Method, which is where I take women that feel called to help people, that want to share, that want to be modern medicine women in their own way. That doesn't require you to dress, look, say anything, but you just know that you're meant to be a part of this. That's a 12-week journey where I do like more of a training and share my method. All right, Miracle Worker, I am so excited that we got to spend this time together. And beyond that, I'm grateful. It's a privilege to have you here with me. And I want to remind you that you are a miracle and you have direct access to infinite intelligence and you can open up to a radical, unbelievable, supernatural transformation in your life and business. 
just that thought in itself can take hold in your subconscious and create beautiful change. And that's exactly why I'm challenging you to share this with someone you love today. You never know how one podcast, one message, one video can change the trajectory of someone else's life. And you get to have that kind of momentum in the universe. So take a moment and forward this on to someone you love. And if you feel really excited about it, share it with your Facebook, share it with your Instagram, share it with people and get them to listen as well. Know that the universe always pays you back for the good you put out into the world. So go ahead and get your miracle. Until next time, keep shining, keep showing up and stay open. Stay open.